Saga and beyond. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and with me today is Matt Hargrove. I don't think I introduced you last episode. Hi, I'm Matt Hargrove. <laughs> I think I just skipped all over that uh, last time. Oh, but anyway, uh, we're talking episode three, Lamentus, written by Bisha K. Ali. She's also the head writer for Miss Marvel, directed by Kate Heron. Original release date of June 23rd, 2021 on Disney+. Plus. With a runtime of 42 minutes. Too short. Yeah, the synopsis here. Loki finds out the variant's plans, but he has their own that forever alter both their destinies. So we're back to the very vague synopsis. Um, what was your initial thoughts on episode three of Lamentus? So I, I really enjoyed it, and it was for this reason. And it goes back to the other two shows. This felt like the kind of episode, this was, this was a very learning episode. This was very getting into the head of Loki and the Loki variant. Um, female Loki, Loki, I don't know what we want to call her right now, because we'll get into the name later. Um, what I liked about it was that the other shows, I always felt did this episode like second to last, where you get like a big deep dive into the characters. It's not like supposed to be super action filled even though there was in this one there was definitely action and it was it was actually really cool watching both of them um but this one felt like the episode where you start learning about the character or you learn a good background about these characters but with loki we still have three episodes left so we still have so much time to watch what happens between all of the characters in the show but we also already learned a lot about the main characters the main two Loki characters and I think having this episode right here was a perfect placement because now I can feel like the last three episodes can be all out action packed throwing in different little you know like surprises or some like you know different little variants on the episodes so that's what I loved about it I just love that this time this episode was super early on so we get a lot more action packed episodes later into the series yeah this is like a um like episode eight of wandavision yeah uh you know but it's earlier yeah yeah and i loved episode eight of wandavision but what i Mm -hmm. didn't like was that it was episode eight (laughs) right (laughs) because when you get to the end of the show you want to start seeing how they start wrapping up the show you want to start seeing all the stuff that you have theorized you want to start seeing that get answered and when they do that episode eight you're like okay well episode nine better have like a long runtime, or episode nine better just be constantly answer after answer after answer and you didn't really get all of that so episode nine kind of was a slight disappointment but with loki 
this was just like that episode, but we have three whole episodes left and there's still questions to be answered. Mm -hmm. But a lot of some of the bigger ones that we were very interested in between the Loki characters, we got answered. So it, it, I don't know. I, I just think it was a much better timing in terms of the other shows. Yeah, I really like this one too. I saw a lot of people complaining about this episode. You need to have this kind of episode online in a, in a calling TV it series. calling it filler. I don't think people even know what filler is anymore. It's like if nothing. It's like if, especially when it comes to the Marvel shows or <laughs> these type of shows where like they're like, well, it didn't set up the next thing. It's like that doesn't. Not everything needs to set up something. This is an episode where we just get answers about yeah. Sylvie, about. You know, these two would need to be able to have this these conversations they have. Yeah. And so Loki can understand where she's coming from. And would you rather have that now or would you like to have another episode of because, uh, I mean, at this point, we know, you know, this episode didn't have any Mobius in it. It didn't have anything to do with the TVA. Right. Besides that, like one little part. I think it was at the beginning, I want to say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like they know that loki ran off with the variant but would you have wanted you know another 50 minutes of them trying to figure that out and then this episode episode five and then you go wow there's only one episode left and i really wanted to see it end constantly going higher and higher and higher so yeah maybe this episode isn't rating wise as high up as people would put it but it, it's necessary and to be fair they did it better than the other shows too <laughs> yeah so this episode opens up with the variant, uh, who will get her name as Sylvie, projecting a memory into Hunter C-20 to try to get the information on where the timekeepers are located. Uh, so it starts out with them like in a bar, and I was a little thrown off by this at first, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, but yeah, she's trying to get uh, C-20 to crack, and this gives us a bit of... Uh, what will be revealed later on why she was able to get this memory into C20's head here. Uh, C20 takes a little bit of time to crack, and then we kind of get the side of Sylvie. Then, as soon as she starts getting some information, uh, seeing the uh, seeing Loki and Mobius and stuff uh, approach. So. Then we get, you know, kind of caught up to the point where she left and Loki is following her. And where was she going? She was going to the TVA to try to get the timekeepers. So uh, we pick up where we left off here. She attempts to visit the timekeepers. Loki goes and gets his knives from the locker. Uh, he starts trying to apprehend her. Then we get the, you know, Judge Renslayer appearing and attacking both of them. Loki uses a one of the temp pads to teleport him and Sylvie away. And they arrive at the year 2077 on Lamentus one, a moon that is soon to be crushed by a planet. So Lamentus is a planet in Marvel history, not Lamentus one. I guess that is the, uh, the Lamentus is the planet that's going to break into Lamentus one. Uh, I believe here, but Lamentus appeared in Annihilation Conquest Prologue Number One in 20, 2007. That's its only appearance. So they really uh, went deep for that one. Uh, then we have uh, neither of them can escape because the Tempad is out of power. So they 
sort of agree to work together because Loki hides the Tempad magically and Sylvie is also the only one that knows how to recharge it. Whew, a lot of information there. So <laughs> then we get to uh, we get to like this little trailer kind of space trailer where this woman is, uh, you know, with a gun and she's threatening them to leave. Um, Loki changes into her husband and says some kind words to her and makes her shoot him because she says that her husband in 35 years or something had never said anything so kind. Uh, <laughs> depressing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a little depressing there. But uh, so so then they start looking for other things. Uh, there's even a part where, you know, Sylvie tries to outsmart him by seeing like a neon sign and being like, oh, this is perfect. Give it here and I'll charge it, you know. Um, he doesn't fall for it. Uh, but, you know, Sylvie mentions that there is a train uh, at the edge of town. And I think the woman mentions this as well, right? That they are that, that the train there is traveling to the Ark, which is you know named after Noah's Ark. But uh, it's an evacuation spaceship that uh, they think would have enough power to charge the tempad. Um, so pretty basic understanding here. I don't think it's too confusing, right? You, you have to get the tempad charged. They got to go mm-hmm. there to get it charged, and that kind of sets the course of the whole episode. It's not like a very convoluted plot or anything. Um, so they, they they try to get onto the train, and Loki has to, you know, what was Sylvie's plan here? Was she just gonna? Was she just going to try to barge in there? Because Loki ha- comes up with the plan of... Uh, I think she was going to try to enchant people, but he, he comes up with the plan enchant. of just changing into a guard, right? Which which worked. Yeah, they were, they were using... And it, it was fun, because they were going into their different magical... Um, I don't know. Is it magical abilities? Or is it yes. like witchcraft? No, it's is wizardry? Yep. Is it Harry Potter? Um, yeah. They went to Hogwarts. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it was cool. I actually kind of liked the fact that they were... I, I think what's kind of fun now, I will say, I just literally while we're doing these podcasts, I first kind of was like, doesn't Loki have that power? And I was like, no, he doesn't. He gets that from the Tesseract. Yes. Yeah. He uses it. So like in my head, I was like, I actually didn't even think about that until we were, we were talking today. Um, but it, it's also funny that the variants have different powers. And we even learn when we get to the train scene that, you know, they do talk about it. Um, but I like that. Not only are the variants different, because I think in episode two, they we didn't, I don't think. We didn't mention this. Yeah, yeah. Where they were showing the different variants, and it was literally like, sometimes they weren't even a human. It was We like had like a, Ogre sort of, Loki. Yeah. So it's like, I, I like that. That is interesting, though. Now that we think about that, what makes, that means there's, and to me, that means there isn't some sort of timeline. There's just different universes, which again, I then we go into multiverse, which we might be opening up an entirely different like theory here that I, I haven't. Think... <laughs> so I think there might be multiple. So there's other two ways this works, right? There's either multiple timelines that are part of the sacred timeline and they just don't want them to interact. Right. Mm-hmm. Or these variants very, very early on or at some point branch off. So let's say like ogre Loki branched off at like age 20 and became ogre like or whatever right so then that's when he becomes a variant 
you know um the way family so i think there's two ways it. there yeah the way family guy does it is they go with the different actual universes i don't know if you've ever seen that episode of family guy road to the multiverse yeah yeah it was actually a really good episode um <laughs> it's, it's really funny but it, it they they make it to where like every time they get somewhere they're like oh this is a universe where this never happened or this is a universe where this is you know where humans like, are the dogs and dogs are the yeah humans. it's like so it's like is that <laughs> how they kind of go about it but what i like about their plans is they want to use their powers and i just i don't know it, it's little small things but the fact that they have different powers i think is a big deal because it it gives some more detail to the show it gives more intrigue um because if she just had the same like shape-shifting like whatever loki's able to do that's not as exciting you know it's not as you don't have as much conversation but making such a small change of hey I have this power where I can enchant you. I think it's, it, it's, it's a small detail that's a big deal to the entire show. Yeah, and there's... Um, uh, what, so her powers are kind of based off a character called Enchantress, um, which is another Asgardian character that is able to like touch people and make them you know, change into... Uh, yeah, and kind of make them do whatever she wants. Um, mm-hmm. There is... Uh, so she's like an amalgam of Loki, female Loki, Lady Loki from the comics, and mixed with Enchantress. Because there's an Enchantress in uh, 2009's Dark Reign, Young Avengers comics. I haven't read those, but it, she's very obscure. Her name is Sylvie Lushton. And she's just a regular human that like Loki somehow bestows these as Trantress powers on or whatever. Um, so that's where they got her name from, was taking the first name of that, mixing her with this, and mixing her with Loki, and you get a whole brand new character, pretty much. And this is what the MCU does pretty well, with mixing some of this stuff into, um, you know, different things. Uh, but one thing we didn't mention about Episode 2 as well is that Mobius mentions that Loki is actually the one that they have to hunt the most variants for as well. He's always the one that seems to get out, you know. Got uh, Yep. Uh, and it's like, yeah, no matter what timeline he's in, what powers he has, he is still always the god of mischief and, and making some trouble. Um, so they get on the, uh, they get on the train, um, it works a bit. So they kind of have this nice, like, she wants to do it her way, he wants to do it his way. They end up kind of fusing those ways together with him, you know, changing their appearances. She does the enchanting when the person starts asking questions, and it works beautifully. They get in. Uh, then they have this great conversation where they kind of talk about their history and um, their past, and this is where we kind of wonder too, you know, she mentioned she's adopted. He mentions he's adopted, but were they both adopted by Odin and Frigga? That I don't know. Uh, the paperwork in episode two as well, which we didn't talk about there. There's one where he's looking at a variant and it's really quick. You have to pause it. This was going around and it shows her name is Sylvie Laffy Dalter, right? So, 
she is Laufey's daughter the way he's Laufey's son. But it, I don't know if that means they were still... I mean, maybe she's was with Frigga and Odin and she learned different magic through Frigga the way that he learned his magic through her. But I don't know. Uh, it seems like she mentions that she's been running away from the TVA uh, for almost all her life. And there's actually a little... Uh, the only reason I'm going to mention this is because it is something officially released. There was like a little um, featurette about a minute long about um, Sophie DiMartino, who plays Sylvie, you know, talking about her role. And they even show her as a very young kid walking through the halls of the TVA. So it seems like at one point she branched off really early enough where they were capturing her very early Mm. and then she had to like she says in this run away for most of her life that's why she's probably knows so much about them you know knows about the chargers Mm. knows about the tempads knows how to work them knows how to charge them maybe she even worked for them because what we'll find out here in a second is you know well not really a second later on in the episode we're not going to talk about right now is who the tva workers are right mm-hmm. um so so maybe that's an option as well and then she eventually gets out like uh you know because maybe with her being that young they thought oh we can kind of mold her to be a perfect loki type of thing you know mm-hmm. she's still so young we might be able to get a control on her uh any thoughts here on on her backstory mm. no i don't not really. Like I, I enjoyed listening to the backstories because, like I said, it, it's nice to know that they're not just the same person. Just you know, one's male, one's female. Like it, it's nice that they have those little bits and pieces. Um, but is this like just about the entire train scene when they're conversating? Or yeah. Just, like, yeah, you can talk yeah, about anything. Yeah. I I enjoyed it because. I actually thought it, it showed them starting to get along because in the ep- the beginning of the episode, they're just fighting each other. Like you can tell that they don't like each other, but Loki wants to work together, which I also thought is kind of interesting because Loki's not exactly a, I want to work with you type of person, especially for his own, you know, being, I wouldn't think, I would think the one person he'd want to work with the least would be his own self. Um, but I don't know, it, was, it was just a nice conversation. I don't think there was anything in there where I was like, this is mind-blowing and this is such a great part of the episode. But it was just like one of those, same thing with episode two. There was just good conversation where you got some backstory behind the characters. And it, even though there was no action, it was still very, very important. It wasn't a scene that you could kind of, you know, just kind of slack off a little bit. You know, you really wanted to hear what they had to say to each other. Um, and it that's probably the only thoughts I'd really have on that scene. It was just, it was just a nice conversation. And I, sometimes that's what I like about TV shows is when you have two smart characters talking about who they are to each other. And I just think those are fun for me to watch. I like watching smart TV characters conversate with each other because it's, it's just fun. Yeah. It's, um, like I said, nothing mind-blowing yet. I think that we will certainly... I don't know, maybe we get some more information next week uh, about that history. 
you know i mean we only got like you said three left right so it is like something that we have to kind of prepare for that we don't have very many um episodes left of the show which is crazy we're already halfway through um now tom hiddleston said episodes four and five really take the show and just to a whole new uh unexpected uh area so i mean maybe maybe that's what it is but like when you mention him you're surprised he would want to work with somebody like himself i'm still not sure he does i think it's like uh he's more he's, willing he's right i think he's he's more willing but i think the reason she's probably so hesitant as well is because she knows how he is. And I think that he's ready to immediately turn on her if needed. Right. Like, yeah. I, I oh, think, yeah. I think he's still ready to do that. And I think when we get to the end of the episode, uh, if they are going to get recaught at all by the TVA, which we don't know, but if they were to get, rec- I, I assume he would be the first one saying like, hey, I caught her for you. I followed her. I saw where she went. I tried to defeat her. Uh, I got her. I brought her back here, you know, type of thing. Yeah, right? that's actually the reason why I was hoping he followed her into the portal in episode two. At the end, I was like, I want him to to go. I, I, I wanted him to be the one that's like, no, I'm going to go catch her. But he's always got a plan. He's a mischievous fella. Yeah, I, I think it's like it works out both ways for him, right? If he follows her in there, okay, if I catch her, then I can use that for good with the TVA, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't catch her or if we talk to her and I think she has a good understanding on what is going on and I can work with her because she is smart and she's outsmarted them the whole way, the two of us are smarter than them, then we can get to the TVA timekeepers, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it's almost like it's a win-win at his part. It's a, until, Mac, it's a Mac situation. Yeah. Playing both sides, <laughs> he so. always ends up on top. Yeah. <laughs> until he gets stuck on Lamentus one. Right. Then he's like, yeah. oh. so they get on the train, uh, you know, at one part, Sylvie, I think falls asleep. Right. And he's uh, singing away. Mm-hmm. He drunkenly. Had, he had a little champagne. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's singing away drunkenly. He's singing songs. He even sings in Asgardian at one part. Then uh, some guy gives him the stink eye, walks out of there, and she's like, oh, man, you're drawing attention to yourself. This guy's going to come back and get us. And guess what he does? He comes in with some guards, and they ask for the tickets. Loki tries to conjure tickets. Instead, he conjures the uh the fireworks again from their conversation and uh they get tossed he gets tossed off the train sylvie Mm -hmm. has to follow him and you know the temp pad is broken from the landing so not not good there so now they have to change their whole plan because now they're stuck right now the plan is well why don't we just commandeer the ark to escape so his point being is, you know, her point is like pretty much you can't escape the the timeline. I guess she's still trying to do this under without changing anything. He's like, well, what if, you know, she's like the arc never gets off of Lamentus, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, well, what if it does, right? Like, what if we just make it and make sure it does? Then that creates this whole new branch. 
And there's already all these branches created anyway from her bomb in the timeline. Like they're already busy with all this other stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, so why not? Why not try this? Um, I think it's worth the try. Um, so then they 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 go on foot, and this is when Sylvie reveals that the way she got the time leaper timekeeper's location is by um, enchanting C twenty, digging up a memory from two hundred some years ago, or you know hundreds of years ago. And Loki's confused by this. He's like, well, you know, they said all of they were all created by the timekeepers. And she says, no, they're all variants just like us. Dun, dun, dun. So this was actually a big theory on the Internet in the few weeks before. I saw a lot of people theorizing this, um, that Damn maybe it, this is right. why. Yeah, maybe this is why Mobius <laughs> likes jet skis, right? Yeah. He's probably a variant from the 90s. He's got the Jostacola, which people said is from the 90s. He's got the ski ski jet ski book you know he is a variant that went off course of a guy that you know and the reason why he likes jet skis he's probably been on one before but he's had his mind wiped Mm -hmm. and i think that makes sense um so now it makes you wonder okay that person that renslayer had the other analyst is it just another mobius variant that she has working for her as well or is it just a different character entirely? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, like, how would you keep those two separate if they're both variants of Mobius? Like, wouldn't he see himself in the halls? And yeah, does that mean it's... he does not have access to files from his previous lifetime or anybody that interacts with him? Yeah, I think that's... it. it it's a huge... I, I actually think it's, it's going to be a huge moment in the show. Because it's it's something where you have to, you really have to look at it and go, they're probably all just, they are just variants. And the timekeepers either, like you kind of mentioned, are they, do they not exist anymore? Are they, you know, were they killed? Are they dead? Were they ever real? Um, And then that's where the Kang, the conqueror kind of, kind of gets tossed in. And that's actually where one of the theories I saw on TikTok was, was that he's taking over timelines and he's taking people from that timeline. And that's how he... Because uh, they said something... I forget what the guy said. He said something about how Kang the Conqueror, like... It, it sounds like he's bigger than Thanos in that matter, where he wants to destroy, like, an entire entire universe. and But he only takes one person. I don't know if that's a true thing. I don't know if that was in the comics. But his theory was that he's destroying timelines. And within that timeline he's destroying, he's taking somebody... And that's how he's built up this TVA is by taking those people. Um, and there, there is one main timeline that he's trying to ensure stays and there's no other like multiverse. Like he's destroying the other universes. So I don't know if that fits into it. It might, if there's, I mean, like I watched it and I was like, that sounds like a decent theory. I was, I believed it. Um, but it, I, the variants being the TVA being variants is, I think, going to be a huge, huge part in the show because I have to think Loki is going to see Mobius at some point and say this to him. There's no yeah. way he's not going to. This is what can get this illusion of the TVA to turn on the TVA, right? Like, mm-hmm. if they believe Loki from this, if they are able to prove this if they're able to do all this stuff where then it sows that seed of doubt 
And you know, you learned out you were lied. You were learned you were lied to. You know, you were told you were created for this. No, somebody just took you as a variant. And you know what's funny is B15, the hunter, was making fun of Loki last episode, calling him a variant, making sure he has a jacket that says variant so we don't forget what you are. And she's a variant, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- that is what is so funny about this. And uh, when we look at Kang, I I, I don't want to get into, you know, uh, Mephisto-level stuff here, right? Where <laughs> everybody was sure Mephisto was showing up in WandaVision. Uh, he may not show up in this, but I think he is partly behind it. We have his, like, right-hand Lieutenant Renslayer, right? We have... Uh, for people that don't know, it's not like Kang is just being drawn out of nowhere the way Mephisto was, kind of. like Mephisto's like a devil, and there was no real anything that led to that in WandaVision. In this, like Kang's whole thing is time travel. His whole thing is wanting to take over and be in control of time because he is a... So he is a 31st century scholar, okay, before he is Kang. Um, he goes back in time to ancient Egypt and becomes Ramatut, which is a pharaoh. Um, he then tries to uh, return to the 31st century, but he overshoots it by thousands of years and discovers that Earth is destroyed pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. And he finds it, he 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 wants to correct that. He doesn't want his his he sees now that like okay, I could control world the world, right? But when I go back there's nothing there. So what am I going to do instead? Is I want to take control of the world. So I'm going to have to go back in time to do it. And he wants to try to prevent that bad future from happening. So it is kind of like a so that's what he could be if he's taken over for the timekeepers or if he's in charge of the timekeepers. He's trying to make sure that that sacred timeline, in my theory here, does not become the timeline that he saw in the future, right? He's trying to make sure it stays, stays alive. And yeah. I think that that is where you can go with Kang here. What does that mean for Quantumanium in Ant-Man and the Wasp? I have no idea. Right. Like, I, I'm not sure how that's going to connect with Ant-Man other than the fact that Ant-Man 3 or Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is supposed to have tons of young Avengers. And uh, Kang was one of the first villains that the young Avengers faced. So you can have it all leading to uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is interesting because. Usually Ant-Man, I, I listened to this on a podcast, I said usually Ant-Man is like the end of like Fallout, you know, like at the end of Age of Ultron, you get Ant-Man and that's dealing with the fallout of, of that kind of stuff. Then you have uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is released right after Infinity War and takes place before Infinity War, but nothing has ever been able to build to Ant-Man. So if you have like Loki and like, Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home and all these movies mm-hmm. that actually build up to Kang in uh, in Quantumanium, then that that gives Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium a chance to be one of the bigger movies of the phase, you know, uh, which mm-hmm. it hasn't had a chance of actually being before. 
it's a lot. It, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity here, and I you know we can theorize about it. I I, I like to think Marvel. I do like to think Marvel knows where they're going with it. Like I like we would agree with that, right? Like Marvel has to. You would think they definitely have written out what they. I know. Expect. Yeah, they know where they're going. Uh, I mean. The rumor is like Feige has everything plotted out to like 2030 at this point, right? So oh, like uh, we know <laughs> they kind of have to know where they're going. Yeah. So it's like it, it but it it is it's nice to it's nice to see them have this chance. I know from us watching it just in current day, we sit here and we're we're our hope is that they took this it's almost like they took this opening and they're going to make sure that this opening doesn't have some sort of disappointment that there's a lot of opportunity with what they've done with loki in my mind i don't think the other shows the other shows were good and you know they didn't to me they didn't open up anything the way that the show with that this show is doing i think this show is able to legitimately create so much within just different movies too it's it's not like I think what's interesting about the other two shows is and and different with this show, right? Is that those shows were still busy wrapping up end game stuff, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like Falcon becoming cap, Bucky dealing with that and Wanda moving on from losing vision, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that those shows have had to deal with. While this one has been like, we're just taking a random different Loki and we can just explore whatever we want. And that's what they're doing. It's fun. And it's, it's something that, like, and I, I don't have the full, I don't have as much, you know, detailed, I haven't looked it up as much as maybe, like, you would have, but, like, there's mo- so many movies, too, upcoming, where this this show feels like it could play a big part into it. Like, Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange, or maybe the next Thor movie, I don't know, I haven't really heard too much with it, and I actually think this mo- this show is closer to something like Multiverse of Madness, or the next Spider-Man movie like there to me, this movie, this show has a way to tie in so many upcoming movies that it's impressive. It's, it's, it's really, really nice because I think this is going to be the show. People ask like, what's the biggest show I have to watch in between the Marvel phases, which one's going to get me ready the best. You're, you're going to have to say Loki. Yeah. Loki is going to tie itself into so many different things. And what's crazy is that there is still three episodes. That's why I liked, again, this is another reason why I like this episode being episode three and not say like episode five, because there's still so much more to go that we, it's it's actually kind of hard to even think. I, I don't have any predictions as to how I see this ending because I just don't think there's, there's so many possibilities that I can't even think of a concrete one that I would have confidence in saying. Yeah. Um, we kind of all figured out how Falcon and the Winter Soldier would end, right? That he'd become Cap. Yeah. We we kind of knew that was where we were going with WandaVision. We kind of knew that uh, she was eventually you know, going to realize like she created this and yeah. that there was going to be like, there's a, a mastermind behind it or or something. But this one like is Loki going to, you know, to it could be a Does this Loki, Loki sur- and, Yeah, does this Loki survive? Does Sylvie does, survive past this? Does this open up the door like you said for for Doctor Strange is and, and Spider-Man. It's just the reason why we have rumors about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. You know, like this. What's going to happen just, with the TVA? Just crazy. It, yeah. yeah. Like, Does it still Tucker exist? going to make a surprise. I don't know. If, I don't think they would introduce them possibly in the show. They could. But like, it's it's still in there. There is still a possibility if that's the route that they're going yeah. with it, that you could see him by the end of the show. And I, I, 
that's nice to have in a show, especially with Marvel, because Marvel likes to do that. Marvel likes to throw little bits and pieces. They want to make you theorize. They want to make us think. And this is the show where I think they're doing the best job at it. They're making us want to... It, it's just something about each episode is making you see it progress while also making you ask questions instead of just progressing and you're like, oh, well, that's pretty straightforward. Like, I don't have any questions about it. I just like that it's getting going forward. Or with to me, with WandaVision, it was never about progressing. It was just about what is happening. Like, right, this show right. is making you go, what is happening? But you're also like, it's progressing well while I'm asking questions. So it's kind of, it's the best of both, best of both worlds between the first two shows they put out. I mean, look, they've had a lot of faith in the... I think they've shown a lot of faith in the people behind this show. So Michael Waldron is the head writer of uh, of this show. He also wrote for Rick and Morty, okay? Mm-hmm. Which also never deals with that. time travel stuff. <laughs> I've never that. seen that show. Uh, it's good. I mean, it's is sometimes, it? yeah, I enjoy it. Um, he, he's, he's a good writer. And so he's wrote some episodes for Rick and Morty. He's written for Loki. Then they say, guess what? When 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 uh when the writer and director left for Multiverse of Madness and they went out and got Sam Raimi, they brought Michael Waldron on board to write Multiverse of Madness. It's either because they think, hey, Loki is really good, which is part of it, but they also had said before any of these shows premiered that Loki was tying into that. So I think it works that you're able to bring in somebody that worked on Loki and say, all right, well, let's, let's continue this. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, we talked about Bisha K Ali who wrote this episode is the head writer for Miss Marvel. So I think at that point she had already written for Miss Marvel and they were like, uh, or I mean, she had already written for Loki, and they're like, okay, we need a writer for Miss Marvel. Let's give it to this person who did really well in this show. And I feel like we're seeing a lot of that with Loki. We did see some of it with WandaVision. A few of those writers who are now writing like the Marvels, you know, Captain Marvel two. Um, but I feel like with this one, we're seeing it a lot more. And like Michael Waldron, I think he now has a deal with. Oh, he's working on Kevin Feige's Star Wars film. That's right. And he signed an overall deal with Disney. So he is, uh, yeah, he's doing a a lot for them. Uh, and it's because of how well I think that Disney and Kevin Feige has really liked Loki. Mm-hmm. And the confidence they have in it. And I think we haven't seen that with, um, we haven't seen it to this level until Loki. Like, you yeah. know, obviously the person that was the head writer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier is, is going to be writing um, the next Captain America movie, stuff like that. So they did have confidence in that, but I feel like we've seen it with two or three or four of these people that are associated with Loki right now. And it's just like, no wonder. Yeah. Honestly, you know, depending on how it ends, I would love a second season of it. (laughs) There's rumors. There is going to be, I mean, it's, it's it's to easily one of the better shows. And I, I honestly I like Loki as a character. I do. I he became a character that I enjoyed as time progressed. I actually didn't really like him in Avengers. Um, but as yeah, time he was went more on, like 
really evil on that. He wasn't as yeah. charismatic. Yeah. Yeah, he just he, the his progression as a character became really, really well. He it was really well done. I don't know if it's how it got written or maybe Tom Hiddleston. I I do think he's a great actor, so I I think he plays a big role in terming how Loki is. But you know, I it's it's an exciting last three episodes, and honestly, like I know we haven't gone over the end, but you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting. You don't really know how they're getting out of. Um, What's the planet called? Why well, I want to say Vespin, but I know that's the that's the freaking scooter in the new uh, Luca movie. That's what they call it. <laughs> Valteris was it? Is that the or what one? The planet. The Lamentis. planet. Yeah, Lamentis. Vespin. I don't know if you've seen Luca, but that's Vespin I haven't is, yet. Okay. I haven't had a chance yet. Nice movie, but the word Vespin is used a lot. Um, <laughs> kind of like a Vespa, right? Vespa, maybe. Yeah, Vespin, Vespin, something like that. Um, honestly, but at the end of the episode, even I was kind of like, how are they getting out of this? <laughs> because the, um, the arc gets destroyed. Like it always does. Like it, it's kind of, it's scary. Like when you're watching it, I was scared for them. I'm like, what, what would I do in that situation? Cause they don't have a way out right now. And that's the thing. They had no idea how that thing was going to blow up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was, um, it was like all they knew is that it didn't get off of there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because nobody survived, so there's no accounts of being like, "Well, this is what happened." So they're trying to get on, and then just boom, meteor, right? And you're like, it just takes you right out of it. You're like, "Oh my goodness, they were so close!" But thankfully, they hadn't gotten on yet. You know, um, well, it puts you in a good spot for the next episode. You have them trying to get off of uh, off of the planet. You have. Loki now knowing that the TVA is filled with variants. You have um, Renslayer probably, she probably knows that Loki's yeah. going to find that out. So now you've got her, plus everybody in the TVA still thinks that he's running away, which he is. But at the same time, they don't know about the fact that, like um, Mobius and them, they don't know about Sylvie. They don't know anything really about this variant besides it's a Loki variant. So they don't know anything besides having the um, TVA uh, person with them. So there's there's a lot for this next episode. So there were some reports at the end of 2020 that say that Loki season two is going to start production in January of 2022, if, if that's correct. We don't know if that's correct, but... Uh, so keep an eye on if after the show's over, Disney Plus says, hey, we're making a second one. It's probably going to start filming around then. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if it'll deal with TVA stuff because it sounds like they were talking about how they would want they wanted season one to be a complete story. So it might just be a totally different thing with with Loki. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, like you said, the 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 arc just blows up and we don't know leaves them stranded. And that was the end of the episode. Uh, I do think at some point before the planet blows up, the TVA is going to track them Mm. and and probably capture them. And uh, I think we'll get Loki trying to say that he had, I found her. (laughs) I found her. 
I think that's going to try to be his out. I don't know if they'll believe it after what he tried to pull earlier in episode two. Um, but I, I think that's what he's going to try. And, and then I think we might get some some background or flashbacks maybe on her as a kid um, getting caught maybe. And then who knows? I mean, we, we still haven't seen like President Loki, which was one of the scenes in one of the trailers, you know, where he's wearing the vote for Loki pin or whatever. He's got his horned helmet. He's wearing a suit. Um, I think that's another variant of him. We're probably going to get a lot of variants of him that we start seeing now. Cause I think what happens is there's a line in the trailer. One of the trailers, I think where Mobius says, well, you know, now you have to try to fix this. I think they might enlist Loki to try to help them fix the branches that have just spun off. Um, but we'll see. I don't really know. We don't know. There, I wonder when we're going to start getting end credit scenes, too. Are they going to be, you know, sometimes it was like, I think for WandaVision, it was like the last two episodes. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier is only the last one or something. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, do we get one in episode five or is it just episode six that we get a post credit scene? So it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, any last thoughts you have on Lamentus? I don't think, I think I don't got any. All right. Well, that was Lamentus. You can follow us here on Twitter at TO Infinity Saga. Email us Marvel Plus Recaps at gmail.com, Facebook.com slash Infinity Saga Beyond. And we'll catch you next week when we talk episode four. We don't have a title for that one, but uh, we will catch you then. <laughs>